Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 73 coming at you uh, on April 28th. Uh, round two has just started. My name's Neil, by the way. This is Brent. Hello. Uh, round two has just started. Uh, I think almost every single series has played two games. There's only two series that have only played one game. That's the Colorado uh, San Jose series and the Islanders Carolina. And by the uh, time you Jose. see this or hear this, everybody yes. will have played two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, by, by tonight, everything will be even. Now, to be honest, we don't have a lot to talk about in this podcast. Because of so much happened in this past week, we had well, basically every elimination except for two. We made, I think, like six videos, and every single video I think was over 20 minutes, and some were over 30 minutes. Yeah, so over 30. We've basically done half of a podcast every single day this past week. So we actually don't have a lot to talk about in this podcast. We are going to talk a little bit about round two and, and what's happened so far, uh, and some other news around the NHL, and then... Since this won't be a very long podcast, I'm going to hit Brent with some uh, just some off-topic questions, more more so on, in the style of our Having a Yak podcast. So, uh, nice. should should be fun. Yeah. So, anyways, round two. Let's just talk about it. Uh, Boston Columbus. It is the in my in my opinion, it's the most intense series. I just feel like these teams are so evenly matched, and it's not like the other series aren't evenly matched either. I just feel like. Like in every single aspect of the game, these teams are so evenly matched, and it's—I think it's been proven in the first two games. Mm-hmm. You, honestly, you—you you, you don't really know who's going to win, and teams have come back, and and like there's been battles. I think if I could describe this series in one word, it would be battles. Did you watch the game last night? I did. I did. Did you watch. notice how many like individual battles there were all the time? All the time, and both ways, both sides, there was lots of bad blood. I, one of the announcers during the game said, this is 10 times worse than the game one for mm, yeah. for rough stuff and people being genuinely upset with each other, which you love, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you love it. It, it. Some people have said, I think maybe it was Don Cherry, hockey needs more hate. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't agree with everything Don Cherry says, but I think that's one of them. Brian Burke believes that strongly too. Yeah. He likes yeah, the hate. Maybe it was Brian Burke. I think it was, yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I really enjoyed the series. Out of all... All of all of the series so far, it's probably the one I enjoy the most. And with that said, I've I've noticed something about this week in hockey. I am less interested in round two. I am too. Like way less interested. Isn't and, that crazy? And I think it, I think it happens for two reasons for me personally. I don't know about you. Number one, round one was so ridiculously exciting that I'm almost emotionally exhausted from the roller coaster of round one, <laughs> and I'm kind of just need I just need like a, a little bit of a break. Right. I really needed. A, a night's break in between round one and round two. I'm just and you a, didn't get it. And I didn't get it. So I'm still <laughs> emotionally not recovered. Well, I, 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 I know we shouldn't share off podcast conversations on the podcast, but I remember one or two nights ago, I came home from wherever I was and, and asked you if you were watching the game. And I think you were PVRing it, but you weren't watching the game. And you said something to the effect like, I, I'm, I'm hockeyed out or I'm tired of hockey right now. And I thought, what? Yeah, I just This is Neil. From post to post, and he's tired of hockey. I just needed a break. So many, like, yeah. I watched every single game from round one, and then did all those videos and everything. I just, I just needed a little bit of a break. I did watch those games, fast forward through some mm-hmm. of them, um, but yeah, I just, I really needed a, a break in between rounds. But uh, I would say that I, that that's what I've noticed is that I'm. Or reason one is because I'm so emotionally drained from round one. Reason number two is because. I can't. I'm. I think I've. I think I've realized that I've. 
I enjoy cheering against teams more than I do cheer for teams. Because in the West, I don't have any teams to cheer against. I want them all to move on. Right. Like, I like all of those four teams. In the East, I like the Islanders. I like Carolina. I would be thrilled if Columbus went on. The only team that I can cheer against is Boston. Mm -hmm. So that's the series that I'm most interested in. Like that's that's the one that I find myself not missing a second of and always making sure that I see every single second. And I th like that's I think that's a little weird. <laughs> like not necessarily in a bad way, but just in a different way that I'm enjoying. Like I think it's because I have I want to see a team get defeated so bad that I'm cheering heavily for the other team. Mm -hmm. As you, there's there's just more risk. Maybe it's a little bit more dangerous of hockey to, to watch because I. Like, honestly, between Dallas and St. Louis, I'm really not going to be upset. Yeah. There's not really much r emotional risk in that in that series for me. So maybe maybe I, I, I do like a little bit of emotional risk in, in hockey. So I, I've come to realize that about myself in the past week. But it's it, And this, this motivates people in lots of decisions. It motivates people in political decisions. When governments don't get elected, they get defeated. Mm -hmm. People will go to the polls to vote against somebody. That's true. More, more, more so than they would go to the polls to vote for somebody. That's not everybody. That's not all the time. But that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Interesting. And I never thought about it like that until this week. So, yeah, I, I, that's nothing against Boston. I just they won a cup all. in twenty eleven or whatever it was. I'm just yeah. That, that, and that's fairly it's recently. Too, it's too soon for me, <laughs> even though it was eight years ago. It's, it's too soon for me. Yeah, I, I like I like Boston fans. I uh, they're, they're nice people for the most part, but. When you've got the Patriots in your hometown and you've got the Red Sox in your hometown, Celtics not so much, but mm -hmm. and you got the Bruins in your hometown, you got lots going on for you. You got lots going on for you, you to know cheer what? for. I want to say something about Boston fans. All right. I out of all the Boston fans I know, and I know a lot, I can only name one that has been I would consider a bad fan or someone that I don't like. And that person is someone that I, I know before this channel started. So I would say that I have never met a bad Boston fan or a, a Boston fan that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Can you say that? I can't. I, I don't think I can either. I've got, I've got Boston fan friends who are not as respectful of their fellow fans of other teams as I might be. Like, for instance, back in whatever year it was, not that, you know, several years ago, Boston and Montreal went to Game 7. It was 2011. Boston and Montreal went to Game 7, and I might even have gone into overtime. And it was in Boston. Boston won the game. They scored on Carey Price and won the game and went on to win the Cup that year. One or two of my Boston friends would message me immediately, nah, 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 nah. I would never have done that if Montreal had won. Yes, never. I agree. But other than if that's the worst that can happen, like I've, if I still have most of my teeth and I still have – two eyes that aren't black and all that. When you're fans with Philadelphia or friends with Philadelphia fans, you might end up a little more beaten up. But um, Boston fans, I, for the most part, well... I've never met a Philadelphia fan that I don't like. I don't think I've ever met any either. I just know anecdotally from other people who have had their cars keyed and tires slashed and that kind of thing in Philadelphia, if it's obvious from their license plate that they're here to cheer for the other team. What teams fans that you've met or that you know do you dislike the most like what what team would you say has the least likable fans and just in your experience well 
this will be a little bit off the book here because I have said on this show multiple times this season that I want Toronto to do well because of all the long-suffering Toronto fans who I know who have waited way too long for their team to have success. Mm -hmm. That all said, Toronto fans can be some of the most annoying fans on the planet. I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) I could not agree more. And I think that's... That has a lot to do with where we live because, I mean, we're, we live in Prince Edward Island, Atlanta, Canada. Generally, there are three teams here that people cheer for, Boston, Montreal, and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like 95% yeah. of be- hockey fans here cheer for one of the three of those teams. And there's a lot of Toronto fans. So statistically, we meet more Toronto fans probably than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, But in the spirit of fairness, I'm also going to call out my own fan base, the Montreal Canadian fan base. Because they can have very, very, very stupid phases. Absolutely. And, <laughs> totally and, and I'm a Montreal fan. I always try to approach my team in the spirit of love and support, but stern correction when required. But there are other Montreal fans out there, and some of them have commented on this show, where if because we're Montreal fans, we're supposed to completely be blind to everything else. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't advantage Montreal. And if you're not doing that, then you're not a real fan. I challenge to a fist fight anybody who wants <laughs> to come up here and tell me I'm not a Montreal fan. Dang. You'll be spitting your teeth out, boy. You'll be chicklets all over the f- floor in front of you. Just kidding. <laughs> man, the goat. goat. The, the goat's mad. Um, but really, Montreal fans, I guess I'll, I'll walk back a little bit. I know people who hate Montreal fans. They mm-hmm. don't hate me, and they know I'm a fan, but they hate other Montreal fans. And I get it. I do too. I really totally. Do. Yep. So, so I'll com- just say it that way. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, that was completely off topic. I'm not even sure how we got on that topic, but well, it was who you cheer for and who you cheer against, and, and oh yeah, okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Anyways, the moral of the story is I'm really enjoying this Columbus, <laughs> this Columbus Boston series. Did you see the hit that Chara laid on to Man, I've Riley seen, Nash? I seen all the hits. That that was. That was fantastic. The series it, is awesome, and that's like it's so physical, it's so in your face. It's awesome it hockey. Was, it was amazing, but that hit in particular, like he was hittable because he was just he had just gotten rid of the buck. Yeah, so he was hittable, and he didn't have his head up. Chara, you can't accuse Chara of going up on somebody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chara's up on everybody all the time. When Chara's laying down, he's up on <laughs> half the league, right? Anyway, it was beautiful, beautiful, and to his credit, Nash, he was a little shaken up. You could see him on the bench, kind of like, mm-hmm. what was that? But Later in the game, he was back in and he was playing and playing well. So, you know, that's the best part. No one got hurt permanently. Did you see the play in last night's game where I can't remember who got caught in the eye off a face-off? Yeah. And then they took them like four minutes and then they put someone in the box and they... That was really strange. That was was way out. Why did they do that? Do you think they did that because of what happened in San Jose? Not necessarily. But I, but it was clearly in everybody's mind. Yeah. I think it was important. And apparently later on, the commentator said it was the off-ice official that initiated the conversation to see which stick actually hit them in the face. What, whose stick? What off-ice official? There are off-ice officials. There are people in the penalty box. There are people up in a booth somewhere. There's off-ice officials all peppered all throughout that arena. Where have they been? <laughs> but the point somebody made on the broadcast last night was... If they're going to go back and get the headphones on to figure out which of those two Columbus Blue Jackets high stick the Boston player or the other way around, whatever it was, 
then why wouldn't they do the same thing the week before? Yeah. On the cross check. Exactly. Like it really it calls into question and and actually proves the point. And I think it was um, it was afterwards when they had the round of four. I think it was Kelly Rudy or someone said or Elliot said how you get there, you can talk all about that you want, but at the end of it all, if they use a replay to get something right, I'm okay with it. Absolutely. And me too. Me, yeah, me yeah. too. 100%. Yeah. Get it right. How you trigger the replay, how many you give them, how much time you waste doing it, I don't know. Someone can figure that crap out. But if you've got the technology to get something right that mm-hmm. maybe wasn't right on the ice, because I've seen high-sticking calls where the guy high-sticked himself yeah. or his own player high-sticked him, but it just was such a mess. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the head goes back and there's a guilty-looking opposing player skating away. Two for you. And I don't understand it because we knew about four minutes before they did whose stick it was. Why, that shouldn't happen. Like, they they, ha, they should be have the camera angles available. Someone should already have that clip queued up for them so they can see it. I think they did. I think the four minutes was, what are we going to do? <laughs> we know we know we got it wrong, but what are we going to do? I think that was the four minutes of conversation was to how to get out of this mess. <laughs> Dang. Anyways, it was interesting. Yeah. I, but I think situations like that are also a good good for the league when they can go back on in the summertime when they're talking about whatever, if mm-hmm. you know, if the NHL and NHL to be PA is talking about negotiations and all that stuff, that's a situation where they can talk about and make a solution for. So yeah. even though it sucked to happen, it, it's, it'll lead to good things, hopefully. Speaking about that, and I think this might have been Don Cherry, maybe in the post game or maybe in the first overtime intermission. And I didn't think about it at the time, but I actually think I agree with whoever said it. And I think it was Don. George McPhee had got a phone call from the league. Yes. Maybe it was Gary. Maybe it was someone else. Apologizing for getting that wrong on that penalty mm-hmm. in, the, in the last game of the San Jose series. And whoever commented on it on TV last night said that call should have stayed unreported, under the radar. Nobody needs to see the NHL confessing that and essentially hanging its officials out to dry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think I, I might agree with that. I don't know how it got out, though. I don't know if McPhee told somebody and it became a story or the NHL told somebody and it became a story, but it probably started as a private phone call. Well, it, be, it became a story because it <clears throat> became public that those refs were suspended for the rest of the playoffs. But a lot, uh, several other refing teams, not several, a few other refing teams were also not invited into the second round. Yeah, but for crazy mistakes that they made but, in but certain that's, games. That's a, the, the assumption. No one's seen a disciplinary worksheet. On that. It's just people Not are, officially, but we know. We know. We watch the games. We know what happened. So so that's obvious. I'm now following, and I think maybe you are too, and maybe it's because of your linkage or you retweeted something from them, this NHL official's Twitter account. It, it's, it's, they follow the refs. They actually, before each game, they, they, here's the refs and here's their rosters and here's how the, what the home team has done and the opposing team have done and all the games that they've refed. And this ref's first game was in 1999 and this ref's first game was in 2008. Mm-hmm. And they go down through and all the linesmen too. And it's a great site, but they're the ones that sh- that I was looking at to, to see who wasn't going to be working in the second round. Mm-hmm. I could make my own mind up as to why. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And you, so you definitely can because you follow it closer. But... And we could all have done that job 
ourselves when we see that, oh, those two guys were not brought back for the second round. It must be because da, 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 da. But that's just a guess. An unofficial guess. An unofficial guess. But when you hear the NHL phoning up George McPhee to apologize, well, that makes it a little more official. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Anyway. I, um, it's an, it's a definitely a dramatic thing going on in the, in the NHL right now. It's, they're walking a fine line of, I mean, I think it's different if it happens in game two than game seven. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is not this big of a deal if it happens in game two versus game seven. No. This, this game seven was literally a series defining game and that was a series defining moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue all you want about like we've already talked about this, so there's not. I'm not even sure if I want to talk about it again because the comment section was ridiculous. Oh, and was it? I I didn't look this yes, time. Yes, they're I'd... like, how can you possibly agree with that call in the comments? I'm like, did you watch the video? Because in the video, three times I said I disagreed with it as a San Jose fan. It's like so frustrating. And then I got a private message on Instagram from some freaking noob saying that that I should number one stop being a hockey fan, stop my channel. And um, completely disown the NHL because I because I'm still watching hockey. That means that I support the decision that the NHL is corrupt, and that he could send me legal papers to prove it and all this stuff. Like, do you want to smoke some more drugs? Like, and there was no arguing with him. Well, no, someone who someone like, who starts from that position, total idiot, is is a lost cause. <laughs> total, just a buffoon. Yeah. Anyway, like. If you're going to quote me, then do it, like, actually quote me. Don't say the opposite of what I actually said in the video yeah. and say that I said that. One thing that, that we didn't talk about in the uh, discussion last week as to whether it should have been a penalty or what, how, how much it should have been, we didn't really talk about the four-minute double minor. And, and that was another option open to them because of the blood. They could have said a four-minute double minor. And then if a goal got scored, that would knock two minutes off. Another goal got scored, that would knock the rest of it off. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a 3-2 game and no power play on the go and still maybe five minutes left. That might have been a fairer way to get to this, but those it's those other two goals <laughs> in the five-on-four uh, that just... Eh, eh, I, it, was, it was probably one of the worst calls I've ever seen in a hockey game. Yeah, yeah. Because if they had have seen it correctly, like I, th- I th- personally, I think they didn't see... What happened? I agree. And then they just made it up in their head and decided to call something. I agree. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and that is the wrong opinion. I'm glad. I don't want to say I'm glad that they're suspended, but I'm glad that they're taking a little break off refing and hopefully had a little bit of a talking to because that is unacceptable. Well, there's no such thing as a wrong opinion. That's the beautiful thing. Opinion is a belief. Opinion is how you feel about a set of facts. Now, the, you, there can be facts that are wrong that need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. I think we have all the facts. We can have you and I can look at the same set of facts and have different opinions. And they're not, neither one of them's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. One might be more lined up with the facts in the, in the mind of the other guy, but uh, opinions are okay. Every, I won't say it because it's a family show, but <laughs> opinions are like a certain body part. Everybody has one. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. No, there's not. But I just don't like. If, okay, if there's off-ice officials who can step in and do whatever, mm-hmm. like, I I blame the whole NHL, whatever NHL employees were at that arena that night and let that happen, whether it's four people on the ice or whether it's 30 people in the arena. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many people it is. Why didn't someone set up, step up? If they have 
the authority to step in or step up and say something, why didn't they? So to me, whoever is in that group is to blame. And that's really the whole league. Yeah, it is. And that includes the Board of Governors. Who knows? Maybe five years ago, one of the Board of Governors said, listen, maybe we should institute a video replay for uh, major penalties, especially those involving fast-moving sticks. Mm -hmm. So just so we can be sure. And then the other 29 Board of Governors went, no. Or blood. like. Oh Yeah, exactly. So who knows how many times this has been attacked already in the past, or tackled, I should say, and been turned down. Yeah. By maybe the majority of the league board of governors or the NHLPA or whatever, I don't know. Um, but it sometimes it takes mm-hmm. a pedestrian accident to convince the local town council that they need to put a crosswalk in that certain place. Mm-hmm. Even if a lot of people knew that was going to happen, you need to see the accident first. That's right. It's like the vicious dog. Every vicious dog gets one bite Yeah. in law. <laughs> I, you know what? I heard a lot of people saying that Pavelski embellished that. I don't think so. I, myself, I, I don't think so. Um, Did he, do you think he had like a a fake blood bag in his helmet that he just like busted open when it was convenient? Like now, I suppose I didn't. Of course, we don't know very much anymore because there's some edict from on high that when someone is rolling around in the ice and they're fountaining blood, that the cameras show the crowd mm-hmm. or the coach or the goalie sucking on a water bottle. They don't actually show what's going on. I heard from one of the players later, or I read it, that he was convulsing. Yeah, I actually read that too. Now, there, I was convulsing just now too, but I don't think anyone needs to have a penalty for that. But uh, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I don't think he embellished the fall. I, I don't I don't think anyone is that good. Did he spend a little more time down than he otherwise would have to maybe try to draw a bigger penalty? I don't know. I really don't. And I'll never know because the cameras were pointed away. I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I. If we, and if we go back to the opinion that Vegas lost the series because of that, Polly, I disagree with that. I do too. For two reasons. Number one, regardless, you can't let in four power play goals. You just can't in four minutes. You, you just, just like, can't. and and you can't hold a series three games to one. Yeah, and you had two chances prior to that to win the and, series and fail to close so. it down. So, Las Vegas put themselves. Some in some ways in that in the position to be a victim of a penalty like that, and uh, did you see the tweet that San Jose Sharks organization put out? I think I might have. I don't. It was a couple of days ago. I think I can't remember exactly what it said, but I think it said, "Hell, hey, look, a team can kill off a four minute penalty, or a team can kill off a five minute penalty, whatever it was." <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't normally like it either, but if there's one team that has Although Las Vegas or Vegas's uh, social media has been very, very funny and not really hateful, mm-hmm. not really hateful. Like they'll say things like "us nothing," "them for what's going on," or something like that. So mm-hmm. they're they're having fun even when it's not going well. It's the best hockey Twitter. It is amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But San Jose maybe is a little and just pushing the envelope. A bit yeah, there. that one, I mean that one. <laughs> when the league makes a mistake, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's Let's right. Not you you did get faces. a you got away with one there. Yeah, to take it like uh, you've been here before. You know what you're doing and be mature about it. Yeah, I didn't like that tweet. Yeah, that's but, true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, bold, super bold, and funny, but yeah, yeah. No. This this Boston Carolina or Columbus rather series has a prospect of being just the the best around one version of uh, 
of, of what we've been missing from some of the other round two series, I think. I think you're totally right. Yeah. The it's so it's so in your face and so hardcore battling and stuff. I worry that we're gonna get a call like we did in the game that just happened, like someone gets hit in the face and no one knows who it was and or if uh you know, the wrong call gets made in a five minute major or something like that. That's although I really, really enjoy this series, I worry that we haven't seen the controversial call yet. We haven't. We've seen maybe a controversial non-call, although the referees are starting to try to account for that or make up for it. Game one, Marshan stepping on the stick of... Uh, that was... A, that was a, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen someone step on another person's stick. I've seen it before, but, but it was, it's been a long time. It was pretty blatant. Yeah. And of course, it was behind the linesman, and I don't think the rest were watching. And he just hopped on the stick, and I forget who the other player was, but he goes up and just wiggles it a couple of times, and it breaks, and like, what the heck? And he didn't get a penalty that time. Hmm. But last night, there was a questionable, maybe could have been a non-call, but he got called. What would you, what would you call that penalty? Unsportsmanlike? Yeah, I'd say it's unsportsmanlike. Yeah. I'd probably just pick that. That's a catch-all. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Okay, what about the Islanders-Carolina series? How do you feel about that one? Wow. What a goaltender battle. That was unbelievable, and it's going to be like that. It's going to be. That's what we said in our preview. Yeah. Well, our short conversation of that series. When it happened, I thought, is this Vegas LAL over again from last year? Yeah, really. Where the games are going to be one nothing? Like one nothing is is enough, but in overtime? <laughs> are you kidding me? 0-0 zero, zero, and it was a fantastic hockey game. It was, it was tremendous. It was just a great game, so you don't need a lot of goal goal goal. Uh but did man, you watch that game? I like did. The, the whole game? I, I watched it on, on uh, PVR the next did day. Did you see the silly camera angle when that game started? Oh, that was nuts. Well, I thought, <laughs> I well, okay, I, I already decided it in like the Barclays Center, but if I'm going to be looking from but the, the effectiveness of the Goodyear blimp here yeah. for this entire game, I don't know what happened there. Thankfully, about, what, 10 minutes in or eight minutes in, they found a, a better angle, but that it, was nuts. Yeah, it was You're really strange. Straight down, and I said to myself, at least, at the very least, zoom in a little bit, guys. Like, you I like to see more of the play, but not from this. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was crazy. And then, of course, that car sitting in the corner. and I didn't, yeah, I didn't really notice the car. It was there. I noticed that the camera isn't center with center ice. No. And I know that's such a silly thing to be upset about, but it's really annoying as a, a viewer. It's And it's only annoying when it's showing ne- the neutral zone. Yeah. Because you, then you know it's like, sub, you just know consciously that you're not in the center. Yeah. It's just, it's so unfortunate that they're stuck there, but they're they're making the best of it. They were pretty loud. They were. Not as loud as they were in the, nope. in the Nassau Coliseum. They kind of dried off a little bit. And I saw in the middle of the third period, and it was a close game, obviously, nothing, nothing. In the middle of the third period in the lower bowl, I saw a lot of empty seats. And when I first saw them empty, it was early in the period. I thought, okay, they're just getting their frosty pop and they're on their way back. But 10 minutes in. Those seats, a lot of them were still empty. Some of them had people in them. Hmm, I didn't notice that. Actually. And I don't know if that's people who bought tickets and left or just, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't hmm. look at the attendance figures later. I probably should have just to see if it was a capacity crowd or not. I can't imagine that they wouldn't fill it. I bet you that was a depressing uh, drive home or train oh. ride home or after that game, you you battle so hard in the game. Your oh, yeah. goaltender is incredible, and then you end up losing. Uh, there's going to be those games, though, and there will be games just like that that they're going to win. So, yeah, it's it's coming. Um, Dallas St. Louis. Have you watched any of this series? Well, no. I, I guess I watched a little bit of the first game. I didn't see any of yesterday's game because I was in Nova Scotia for the day. 
although it was, I guess it wasn't going to be PVR'd until you hit record on it halfway yeah, through period. Halfway through the game. I was going to say period number one. I, I won't say that. The first period. Um, so you, and then I did, I, I don't know if I, I didn't watch it actually after that, even knowing I, I could oh, watch it. I told you. Because you happened. told me what the score was. And, and you asked me first because we, we try to respect each other for spoilers. Um, I won't. I, I try not to. I know a few times I've ruined it. Yeah, you have. <laughs> but but not intentionally. But there's nothing I hate worse than spoilers. What we do oftentimes, because really a PVR is a time machine. It, it's a wonderful thing. But it only works if you completely isolate yourself from the real world. Yeah. So no social media, no email, no texting. I've got a friend of mine. He's a dear friend of mine. And he knows now that I always PVR almost everything, especially sports, because I hate commercials so badly that I'll watch, I'll start watching a game a half an hour after it really starts just so I have skippy time to get through the commercials. And it, but man, it almost never fails. <laughs> How about them? Whatever, you know, and I'm only in the first period and he's texting about the third period. This is a great game. Like, I don't even want to know that. Does he watch NASCAR? <laughs> he does. So in today's Talladega, which means you need to finish the race live. Basically, I need to finish the race live, or I would normally need to finish the race live, but right now, he is in Dubai, and his wife and he are getting uh -huh. on a cruise ship, so I'm hoping he's out of range. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice trip, and I think I'm safe on my phone. Talladega today, I watched the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix this morning. It was a really good race, and uh, I love him. He watches Formula One, too, as, as do I, and uh, NASCAR. And he likes hockey. He watches some things I don't watch. Um, he he likes rugby, some stuff like Ain't that. Ain't nobody got time for all that stuff. Rug, rugby's great. Rugby sevens? The, you, the playoffs you would, are going on. You would love rugby sevens. I don't get time for that. Girls rugby sevens was on last weekend. Canada playing England and Canada I playing... I get time for that. Australia. It was... But here's what rugby sevens means. Seven players on each team. Each half is seven minutes. Seven minutes. The whole game's over in a half an hour. I, I don't think I could care less. And, and here's how the game ends. When the seven minutes is up. <laughs> He's still going. When the seven minutes is up, they continue to play until one of the teams kicks the ball out of bounds. I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have questions because I don't want to know. I don't, my mind can't take any more sports <laughs> at the moment. I'm engulfed in hockey. I can, can't even take the hockey that's going on right now. How catch, about Tiger Woods? Catch huh? me in the off season, would you? Man. <laughs> uh, anyways, this game yesterday was it was actually pretty good. Dallas scored for some very pretty goals. Uh, I believe Ben Bishop basically won them the game, though. He was fantastic. Was I saw awesome. some highlights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, San Jose, Colorado. They've only played one game, so. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the first game? I did. I. Yes, I did, actually. I'm trying to think of whether I did or not. I didn't watch it live, obviously, but uh, the next morning I zippy through it. Yeah. I love LeBanc. He is. Where the heck did he come See from? That, goal? that move. That move between the other guy's legs. Do you know who it was? Rantanen. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was Rantanen. It's not like it was some scrub. Puts it, <laughs> puts it between his legs and as if he'd done it a million times yeah. and picks it up and turns right. Changed the angle and... and and in you go. Like, oh, my Boom. goodness. That was fantastic. And he, well, he's just caught right on fire mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks. And Colorado's uh, played actually pretty good in that game. They they did. They, they put did. up lots of shots like they usually do. Not as many as they did against Calgary in those last couple of games. Mm -hmm. But uh, luckily, what I predicted 
in a way did kind of happen. San Jose can they just you know they can turn on that offense just in a, whenever they want. So I thought it was going to be a little bit much for for Colorado, and it seemed to be at times definitely during that game. So I actually suspect that this game today is going to go the opposite way, but um, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, the games today are Carolina and the Islanders at 3 p.m. Eastern, which is 4 p.m. our time. Correct. Do you have a prediction for that game? I think I think the Islanders have to win it. Whether they are going to or not, I don't know, but they absolutely have to. I agree. I, I think if they have to, and Barry Trotz is behind the bench, and they know they played well enough to win the last game, in game one. Mm-hmm. They know they did, and... They, they just absolutely have to, and I think it'll be actually over, overwhelming. I think it'll be like 5-1 really? five, five, or something. Oh. I think they're going to fill the net. Oh, wow. I think they're ticked. I think we're going back to overtime. Wow. I have the opposite opinion. It's going to be <laughs> close, close, close. Okay, well, I'm going to write this down. Sveshnikov is a game time decision, by the way. Okay. We spoke about that a couple we did. of videos we did. ago. Yeah. Um, good to see that he might be coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, San Jose and Colorado, that game starts at 7.30 p.m., which is a weird start time. It's great for us here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. 8.30 our time. Yeah. It's fantastic. So it's 4.30 in the afternoon in San Jose. Yeah. So unfortunately for them, they're at the mercy of Gary and the NBC network, yeah. right? So uh, thanks, Gary, at mm-hmm. least on behalf of people in the Atlantic time zone who can watch this game without having to miss the first hour or two of work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, I do. You do. Doctor's appointment. Yeah. Uh, do you have a prediction for this game? I, I think it's going to end the same way as the, as the game. Oh, one. really? Yeah, I really do. I think I think San Jose has found. I was always concerned with Colorado's depth, and that's a problem San Jose doesn't have. And uh, I think they're doing it for Joe, and I think I think they're going to win it again. And I'm not saying that's the result I want. I really want Colorado to win this series, hmm. but I think their first win will have to wait till they get home. I'm saying Colorado wins four one. Four to one. I'm writing this down. Write her down. Four to one, says Neil. Um, did you hear about the Calder finalists? No, I did not. Uh, they are uh, Dolan, Patterson, and Bennington. Are you happy or unhappy with those three picks? Or do you feel like anyone's been slighted? Probably, but I'm trying to re- think of, of who I would want to see in that. Do you think Bennington should be in there? Because he played, I think, 32 games or something. Well, in a list of uh, the top 100 rookies in the NHL, he might be number three. In other words, I don't mind him being on the list, but I don't think he's going to win, or should. I I feel like three's not enough. I feel like it should be five. Yeah. Well, I think... Because I think Heiskanen should be there, in my opinion. He was incredible. I can't believe he's not, but... He's incredible. Of course, we have to base it on the regular season and not the... Well, no, but he he had a fantastic regular season. He did. He did. But then again, if you have five, then you've got five people in Las Vegas for the awards show, all with their families. They're going to be there anyway, probably. (laughs) I just think if they narrow it down to three, then... You could even argue that Brady Kachuk could be in there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway... That's all. Honestly, that's all I have to talk about today as far as hockey. We talked about so much hockey this what? week that there's what else are we going to talk about? We've already talked about everything. There's yeah. no other there's no other news. The only other news is in the AHL, uh Columbus's farm team beat Tampa Bay's farm team 
they defeated I think it was the Cleveland Monsters mm-hmm. were playing the Syracuse Crunch and they anyways they won so both Columbus teams upset a Tampa team which is awesome so <laughs> I think the Cleveland Monsters play the Toronto Marlies now in round two well if it's any consolation to Tampa Bay area fans their baseball team is in first place there you go in their division so do you have anything else to talk about that's hockey related that's hockey related. No. Okay. What What do you have that's not hockey related? Uh, very little, actually. Maybe nothing. <laughs> okay. I have questions for you then. All right. All right. So you're going to go on a vacation here pretty soon. Indeed. You are going to the UK for basically three weeks. Just shy of three weeks, correct? Yeah. Two and a half. So that's less than a month away, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I have some questions about your trip. Because right. actually, I don't, I don't know much about your trip. I, I'm i kind of not asking questions on purpose because I want to see okay. the videos and stories and stuff when you come home. Yeah, I will be vlogging with uh, your G7 camera. Yes, so he's going to vlog. I need to do some practice vlogging. In a couple of days, I'm going to New Hampshire. I'm going to practice vlog. Practice vlog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so what are you most interested in seeing on your trip to the UK? Could be a building, could be a graveyard. Like what specifically are you most excited about? This will change as I continue to do research, but as of right now, I think the thing I'm looking forward most to seeing is the Tower of London because I've, I've seen and read a lot about the tower and its significance in, in British history, English history, mm-hmm. and I know I'm really going to enjoy my tour because I will be woke to the uh, Tower of London. <laughs> the goat is woke. The goat is woke in the Tower of London. But I know when I come back, it will be only one thing on a long list of the coolest stuff I thought I ever saw in my life. So Hmm. um, we're just thrilled to be able to go. Uh, Every day will be just chock full of stuff. Uh, The relaxing days will probably be on our train days where we go from city to city Hmm. on the train and we can just sit back for four or five hours and decompress a little bit, look out the window and not have to worry about stuff until we get to the next station. Hmm. So. Yeah. So I think Tower of London, but it's a there's a long list of things I want to see. So All right. Question number two. Yeah. Are you going to wear your goat shirt over there? I wasn't planning to, no. But aren't you going to a place that's called like Goat Mountain or something? Oh, right. Well, yes. Um, so I, that means I maybe should pack it. Yeah. Uh, you'll decide which one. I have a gray one and a red one. Uh, I'll right? wear the red one. Audie, I think Audie got the, the red, red one. Okay. Yeah. I will, I will wear the red one. Uh, there is a place on the Isle of Arran. It's actually a mountain, and why it's called this, I don't know, but the name of this mountain or hill is Goatfell. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> I'm uh, hoping to get a selfie or your mother to take a picture of me. Goatfell is not just a little... You're not going to hike it. I'm not going to hike it. You want, you want the sign, is, I think is what you're going for. I want the sign. There's a sign near the foot of the trail uh, that will say goat fell this way. And hopefully I'll stand in right where the arrow is and maybe pretend to fall or something. Yeah, that and would be funny. And we'll try to do something like that. But uh, I'm, I, f- I think I'm capable of hiking it, but I just don't want to do it alone. And I don't think your mm-hmm. mother's keen on going up to the top of goat fell. Nope. Because Mrs. Goat does not want to fall. No, so, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so after the UK, where would you like to travel next the most? What's your next vacation, basically? I'm probably, when I get back, I'm probably going to want to say, my next vacation, I want to go back and do up the things that oh, I missed. Oh, really? You I, go? I would probably want to go back. Wow. Um, 
I'm, I, I think I'll find myself extremely at home and comfortable when I get there. Mm-hmm. I have a, an amazing, not amazing, I have nothing that's amazing, but I have a very uh, strong sense of familiarity with all of the reading I've done and all of the YouTube videos we've watched from vloggers over there who ride the trains and, and do tours of buildings and castles and, and mm-hmm. give you insider tips on how to get around uh, in London and, and in particular, but also the rest of the UK in general. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I think I'm going to feel very much at home. The food will be very similar to what I've. You're what just going like. to fish and chips the entire time. Fish and chips and hamburgers and uh, sausages in the morning, bangers and mashed or whatever. In the uh, so and there's there is North American fast food basically everywhere. So if I get stuck, <laughs> yeah, you'll have a fallback. I'll have a fallback. I'm not going to want to eat even one time at McDonald's, mm. but. If there's a McDonald's around the corner and the rest of the restaurants all look a little too exotically odd for me, that'll be a plan, right. that'll be a plan B. But uh, so I so then where to go next? Well, I always like going where the weather's nice, especially yeah. when it's not nice here. So the next vacation reasonably might be later this year in the fall or over through the winter, a week or two down south in Florida or the Caribbean or something. That's probably next time. Interesting. But as far as going as a tourist and seeing cool things. Uh, I would like to probably go back to Europe. Um, cool. This this trip will will tell us whether we're able to uh, do the long haul flight thing and not be too whacked out by it. I'm used to it because I traveled an awful lot into the West Coast, and the flight from here to London is actually in direct miles shorter than the flight from here to Vancouver. Mm. So that part doesn't daunt me. But it's been a long time since your mother's been on a plane for that long, so we'll see how she does. Now. While you're over there, are you renting a vehicle? We do plan to rent a vehicle for one day. Oh, snap. Uh, the Isle of Arran itself has a little informal car rental place in Brodick, which is the, the where the ferry terminal is on the ferry that comes across from Ardross in Scotland. And uh, there's a guy with a garage, and he has cars for rent or for hire. And I've already emailed back and forth with him. Uh, it all depends on our arrival time. If we can arrive, we're getting there on a Sunday. This is the problem. If we can arrive before he closes, mm-hmm. then we're okay to rent a vehicle and drop it off on Monday. But if we can't get our train connections to get us on the ferry in time to get across when he's still open, then we're stuck. Oh. We'll probably just have to get a taxi to the hotel. And then the following day, we'll probably spend most of the day on the island, and they have a great public transit system. They just have this bus that goes around and around and around the island. Okay. So you just hop on, take it two stops, get off, and then do your thing, and then wait for the next bus to keep you around. So if you get a vehicle, it'll mean that you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Which would be the left for us in North America. Uh, are yeah. you nervous? I'm not. I'm really? actually excited. Oh, man, I'm mega nervous for you. <laughs> you're a bad driver here. I'm not a bad driver. I knew he was going to say that. I did I that on purpose. I'm not a bad driver. Uh, You're an aggressive, angry. I'm not aggressive. Pissed off driver. But I don't. You were the most aggressive driver I've ever been in a vehicle with. No. That, yep. That, you can't count on yourself? <laughs> yeah. You're counting yourself in that equation? I'm an angel. <laughs> so, But you're not nervous. You're excited. I'm, I'm excited, mainly because it's a small island with very narrow, little windy roads. Mm-hmm. Basically, it it almost doesn't matter what side of the road you're on because there's only one car width wide anyway. Mm-hmm. And when you meet another car, there's little pull-off spaces. And that's the only thing I'm going to have to worry about is to pull off 
okay. the left instead of the right. And then I'm back on this one track trail all the way around. So not all the that way. That doesn't count then. Let's go. I'm going to count it. No. Yes. I don't, I don't think so. Now, one thing I have to make sure I do is go to CAA or something and make sure I have the appropriate driver's license that will work oh, over yeah, there. I think most places they will just let you go on your now enhanced driver's license that we have. But there is a, such a thing as an international driver's license. Yep. It's just a money grab is all it is. But they generate some other document for you that allows you to drive outside of your own country. So mm. if if I need that, I'll have to get that just in case. But it's probably 50-50 on whether the guy will be available or the car. So we'll Okay. See. I have a question for you. Yeah. Some of these countries, like some countries like, I don't know, Thailand or something like that or Philippines or whatever, they drive a lot of scooters. I know you'll never go to the Philippines and I know you'll never go to Thailand. Correct. But if you did, would you – Get a scooter. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'd have to probably get the extra large size or the, mm. you know, the, the fat bike or, or something. But I, I would love to have a scooter here. I would love to have a scooter. <laughs> I would. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a very green, environmentally friendly kind of guy. And if I can get my butt to work burning just a thimble full of, of fuel, even if it looks like a bit of a Mr. Bean ride on the way into work, I could get there fairly quickly. And just, just like a little 99cc, whatever. So if I bought you a scooter, you'd use it? I would. I'd use it hardcore. I'd do wheelies on it. How much are scooters? They're, I think you can get a decent Vespa or something probably for a couple of thousand dollars. That's a little steep, but I'm going to have to start saving because I would pay money to see you drive a scooter. Would you? You have those dinky little helmets. It would have to be the right kind, though. I'd have to, like. What? Okay, no, you can't start getting picky. I, I got to get picky. I, I can't ride on one of those it has to i don't want it to look like a motorbike or anything i don't no. want, I, i'm not a motorcycle it's gonna, kind of guy it's going to be it's going to look embarrassing not necessarily i want to be cool <laughs> okay literally no one <laughs> no one who drives a scooter is cool ever there's always the first and that's going to be me are you going to okay are you going to wear your goat shirt i'll wear the goat shirt i'll wear i'll get my goat i'll get myself some leather God, I'll get some like. We might have to start a GoFundMe for the scooter. Yeah, I'll, I'll show up the podcast every week and show you my road rashes and. Uh, oh, oh heck yeah! I can't wait. I can't even. I like. I honestly can't imagine that you. Like I can't. I literally can't imagine you driving a scooter. Like that visual just does not exist in my creative abilities. Well, we got to make it happen then. When I was younger, and I'm in my teens, let's say I I bicycled basically everywhere. Mm -hmm. I circumnavigated the island of Montreal. I drove to the Ontario border and back and did a lot of short distance and even some longer distance cycling. And, and these are long trips. These are 50 and 100 mile trips, some of them. Um, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed doing that. And, and I, I really like, all kidding aside, I really like the idea of leaving a smallest possible environmental footprint that I can uh, for the the generations to come. And I, I don't, I don't have a political problem with someone who's driving a Hummer. If they can afford to drive a Hummer and put the gas in it, go for it. Good for you. But for me, I want something that's, if, if I could get an electric vehicle, for instance, a totally electric, mm -hmm. if I could afford it and I could be per persuaded that the electric vehicle was actually what it said it was, which was lowering emissions. Because you can find articles, and whether they're true or not, and here's where opinion mixes with fact, right? There are articles that say 
that the cost of making the material that goes into an electric vehicle, the manufacturing of the batteries, the, nickel and- the mining of the nickel, the mining of the cadmium, the mining of the arsenic, or whatever they have to do to put them into a position where they can offer this vehicle for more than a gas vehicle would be, mm-hmm. but for the life of the vehicle, if you look at the energy cost, you're coming out ahead at the end. But then you've got to dispose of this yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. So I want to be sure that it's a fair apples to apples comparison. If I buy an electric vehicle, am I really just saving a little bit of electricity and everything else is actually worse off because that vehicle was made? Mm-hmm. I think the jury, my jury is out on that. So I- What do you think? I think right now, it's probably not something I would want to do. And I think it's more expensive to make an electric vehicle than it is to make, if you, okay. When you look at a vehicle, you go from the time the vehicle is created mm-hmm. until the time the vehicle is disposed of and all the energy that's used in the making of the vehicle, the running of the vehicle and the destruction of the vehicle. So if you look at that entire equation, we're only owning it for that middle part mm-hmm. and putting some electricity in it. But I think right now, probably electric vehicle, that end-to-end cost is likely higher than it is for a regular piston-powered vehicle. However, there is an investment time on the go here. When the cellular networks first got built in the 1980s and 90s for cell phones, and they're putting up towers and they're installing equipment and lights and everything else to make them work and connecting the towers together so we'd have a cellular network, the cost of that was outrageous to do it. And it cost me, my first cell phone, I paid $99 a month if it didn't ring. In the 90s? In the 90s. 1992, I got my first cell phone. It was a bag, Motorola bag phone, three watt. It's a beautiful phone. I remember it. Yeah. It was 99 bucks a month to, just to have it. And there was an activation fee of mm-hmm. a couple of hundred bucks to get it enabled. And I hardly ever used it. But I had it. And I sometimes I did need it. You were posh. I was very posh, yes. But uh, I think the continued use of cellular technology, the continued use of electric vehicle technology will drive the cost down because people, companies, Tesla, whoever, will get better at making more efficient batteries for less cost. And there, there's, there comes a critical mass time there where things that, get cheaper. But does it reduce the environmental cost? Well, that's, I'm, I'm including that in my answer. Mm-hmm. So I think eventually an electric vehicle will be made that is easier on the environment from end to end. Because they won't end up using nickel or some of these other Correct. elements will figure they'll, something they'll else. They'll use out. a... They probably already have it figured out. They just can't mass produce it or whatever. And, and it's probably something like that. I, I heard there was a battery that they've developed that's going to replace LiPo and replace all these other ones that lasts like 20 years or something like that. Bring it. And it's super environmentally friendly and it's, I, I didn't go in depth in the explanation of how it works or whatever, but Is it a white apparently it's already made. Horn on his nose? <laughs> yeah. It's already made, but the cost to, 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 to use it or to develop it, whatever, is just mm-hmm. astronomical at the moment. Wow. So I know uh, I, one of the things I was at yesterday in the, uh, in the event I was at, it's a radio hobby thing in Nova Scotia. There was a guy from the University of Moncton who is part of a project of students, some faculty, and some researchers who are working with the Canadian Space Agency to launch a microsatellite into orbit. It's a CubeSat, but the size of a box of Kleenex, a little smaller than that. And they, he was talking about batteries. And they still have the opportunity at this stage of the flight 
or a pre-flight to decide what kind of battery they want. And the battery they think they've settled on is made in Europe. And I don't think it's a LiPo necessarily. I can't. Im- I would bet $1,000 it wouldn't be a LiPo. Yeah. It's, but whatever it is, the technology is very expensive. And a small battery that's maybe the size of a, you know, not much bigger than a package of gum yeah. is like 4,000 euros. One battery. And they need to have like X batteries, right, to make this whole thing go. And solar panels, made of a special kind of material for the solar panel. Mm. Not your regular crystalline stuff. It's some other kind, gallium arsenide or something is the uh, is the material in the solar panel. And it's per square centimeter, yeah, exactly. hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of euros or whatever. So we need to use this stuff, though, and figure out the best way before we can actually decide whether we want to deploy it into our economy. Mm-hmm. And that, that costs money. Yep. So totally. I don't I, I don't think I'd buy an electric vehicle right now unless I get persuaded that it's cheaper and that I can afford it. Uh, then in the long run, than a, than a piston gasoline-powered or, or liquid-fueled-powered vehicle. But I don't begrudge the fact that other people are doing that. Good for them because someone needs to be the early adopter of everything. I don't think – I think – the United States is, is in a much better position than us as far as electric vehicles because they have quite a bit of charging stations set up, whereas Canada, and maybe this is just specifically Atlantic Canada, we don't really have that many. Not many. So if I only owned an electric vehicle, I would be r- very nervous leaving the island and going anywhere, thinking that I might not be able to recharge my vehicle. And if I do have to recharge my vehicle, how long is that going to take? Like, mm-hmm. If I can only drive 450 kilometers, that's from here to Fredericton basically – Okay, if I have to charge my vehicle in Fredericton, is that going to take 12 hours? Well, I don't want to be in Fredericton for 12 hours. I love Fredericton. lived there majority of my life almost. But like, if, if my destination is Vancouver, I'm driving across the country, probably not going to want to do it in an electric vehicle. Probably not. So for me, it's not time yet. Yesterday, one of our pit stops was the Irving Big Stop in Olac, New Brunswick. And there were at least four Tesla charging stations at that gas station parking lot. Yeah, there's a map all over the place. There's actually not one far, not one far from here. There's just like just literally on the road. Yeah. Isn't it Olac? What did I say? Olac. Did I say Olac? Yeah, twice. You said that earlier too. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm going I'm to go with it. <laughs> I, I say Olac. There, well, there's it's A-U-L-A-C. There's yeah. a U in it, and I prefer to pronounce the U because... Do you say Australia? No. That's different. Because Olac comes from the French, Olac, at the lake. Okay. So it's O, A U. And since Australia is British, it's A. Australia, I think, is Latin. So talk talk to Rome about that. That's not my problem. Wasn't it colonized by? Oh yeah, by the British. British? Yeah, yeah. I was it called Australia before the British um, got there. No, it wasn't. I don't think it adopted that name for a while. For initially, it was. Like New Holland or something. Oh, yes. I rem- Yeah. I don't know if it was you that told me that or someone in the comments or what? Because we did Australian trivia. We did, On yeah. the second channel. Yeah. Like I know they, they adopted the dollar, the Australian dollar, only in the 1960s, I think. And they have had a similar constitutional evolution to Canada because they started off as a British colony. Yep. And then got their independence. There was the Statute of Westminster in 1931 that all the colonies got some, some more mobility and freedom uh, for their own determinations. But uh, yeah, it was new something. Hmm. I think it was New Holland, but 
because you know the Dutch. Just because yeah, they got what's there up first. With, what's up with? There's a lot of new New Brunswick. New York used to be called New Amsterdam. Yeah. Give me some more. Well, New Amsterdam. New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. There's no, uh, Newfoundland. New, yeah. Nova Scotia is New Scotland yeah. in, in Latin. Like, yeah, there's Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Why, why, does, why can't you just have a unique thing? Well, because people moved from usually the United Kingdom over here, so they want to name things after places back home, give, give them a sense of familiarity. Okay, if we went to another planet, would we call it New Earth? Probably. Heck no. No, like for instance, uh, when the Dutch initially settled New Netherland, they called their first town New Amsterdam. And then the British came in 1664 and said, um, thank you, uh, we're going to take over now. And the Dutch said, no, you're not. And the British said, off you go. And the Dutch were like, okay. <laughs> Peter Stuyvesant was the governor for the Dutch, and he wanted to fight the British, but none of the people did. Oh. People are like, "Yeah, we're no, it's okay, Mr. Stuyvesant, Director General, you're, you're good. We're okay with the British. Come on in." Interesting. And uh, anyway, they they wanted to name it after uh, somebody, so they named it after the Duke of York. So they they started that they were going to call it York. But they didn't want to confuse it with York, England. So how do you not confuse it? Because if I'm going to go to York, well, York is up in Yorkshire. So Yorkshire. <laughs> yes. You say that all the time. Yeah. yeah. You Good practice there. Thanks. So you can't go to York in North America mm -hmm. unless you distinguish it in some way. So, okay, we'll call this New York. But there's only one York in, in the United States. Yes. Why well, can't you just call it York? But at the time they named it in 1664, it was a British colony, and it was going to be for another 112 years. When did they need to change it. Why can't Jersey just be Jersey? Like, why, why does New Jersey have to be New Jersey? Why can't it just be Jersey? It can't be Jersey, because Jersey already exists in the, in the English Channel. It's an island off the coast of I, France. No, no, no. I don't care what's going on. On the other side of the ocean, that doesn't... But no. it used to matter. I know. Used to. Keyword used to. But when the names got settled, at the time the names got picked, it still mattered. I don't and know. now the names are stuck. We've missed the opportunity to change names because now have. it's too late. You can't call New York. And you New shouldn't. York. And you wouldn't even want to if you were sensible. If you, if you had half an understanding, you I wouldn't don't, even want to do it. I don't actually want to re rename New York, but I'm just saying we missed the opportunity for a good renaming process. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on. It was originally called New Amsterdam. Yeah. Has any other city in North America, like big city, gone through a significant name change like that? Oh, yeah. Like what? Um, like just, Mi Miami. Has Miami always been Miami? Probably. Or has it been, or was it before, like New Cuba? No. Although it's getting close. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to think of examples, but I'm sure there are. You've got um, Houston and Texas. There was a community there before it was named after Sam Houston, right? Uh, I don't know what it was called before, but it, the name was changed to that. 
there wasn't really a community of people living where Washington, D.C. was built. It was essentially a marshy area, and they just said, okay, we're going to make a town here. We're going to call it Washington. Now, in some cases, they used, used the same names that they were used in the U.K. without using the word new, such as Richmond, Virginia. There's a <laughs> Richmond in the southern suburbs of London, uh, so they have Richmond, Virginia. We have uh, Newmarket, Ontario. And there's already a new yes. market in England and so on and so forth. We have a Stratford Strat- in England. Okay, Stratford. Yeah, but... Uh, isn't even the word, like Ontario, isn't that, isn't that a place in England? No. Oh. No, no. There's an Ontario in California. But yeah, I'm not talking about Ontario, I think, comes from a native uh, North American name. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, if I'd known we were going here, I would have done some more reading. Been, mm. Would have been better prepared. How come Quebec's not called New France? It used to be. Really? It was. It was New France. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was New France. So they did the right thing. They, they did the right thing. They're like, this name sucks. So let's get a new one. Well, it, it was it was New France. And then when the British took over in 1763, they called it Lower Canada. <laughs> because Ontario, uh, upriver, up where the Great Lakes were, was going to be called Upper Canada. So Quebec became Lower Canada. What were we? We were, well, initially Acadia, because we were also uh, uh, a property of the French crown. But then we became Nova Scotia. Oh, right, yeah. And so this was part of Nova Scotia until the late 1700s, like mm. 1790 or so. And then they called, and at that time, this was called St. John's Island. Hmm. Interesting. And then it became known as Prince Edward Island in honor of one of the previous Prince Edwards. And prior to that, it was called Abigway, which was the Micmac name for What about uh, the Maggies? Well, were, they all, were they part of Nova Scotia as well? Um, that's a good question. They were part of New France and maybe part of Acadia. There was a, an administrative difference between New France and Acadia. New France was administered out of the city of Quebec, and Acadia was administered out of Louisbourg in Cape Breton. And they had two, they each had their own governor and they each had their own military structure and all that, but they both belonged to France. Mm-hmm. And when the war happened in the 1754 to 1763 era uh, and the British won, uh, Quebec was still the name of the city in Lower Canada that became the capital of Lower Canada. And eventually they eventually adopted the entire province named as Quebec to match that. Louisbourg, of course, mm. was captured by the British and then not returned to France. Uh, well, it was once and then it was captured again. It's a long story, but anyway. Uh, they Instead of New France, they wanted to call it New Scotland. So they call it Nova Scotia, which is Latin for New Scotland. The only island group that was maintained, owned by France, was St. Pierre and Miquelon. Yeah. And they still belong to France. Which isn't that far away. Not far away so at all. So technically, if, we, if you went there, you would be visiting France? You would be visiting France. You would have France on your passport stamped. Hmm. You would be subject to French immigration laws. You would be in France. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, same, uh, maybe not the same, but cl- maybe close to the same, the island of St. Martin. One half is Dutch and the other half is French? Correct. Yeah. 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 We so were on the Dutch side. We were on the Dutch side when we cruised in there. We rented a car on the Dutch side, but the car was French plates. It was registered in France. So is the French side considered Nor- France? Yes. And the, what's the Dutch side considered? 
Well, it's it's part of Holland, I, I guess technically. But so technically, we've been to Holland. Well, no. <laughs> Why is it so confusing? <laughs> well, well, with Saint Pierre and Miquelon, they are actually administered as a department of France. Like they have their own. They they vote in French elections and everything. Oh, they're, really? They're, yeah, they're very very integrated with France. Hmm. Uh, they have their own airport there, and planes come in and all of that. Other places, like in the Caribbean. They're more of a colonial structure. The French might be in charge of the northern half of St. Martin, but they don't govern their everyday life like okay. they would in St. Pierre. So they have their own government there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of all, all we should talk about here because we're going to actually film two more videos after this. All right. Um, yeah. You'll see this coming week. So cool. I won't, well, I will let you know what they are. Uh, the first is going to be post to post. Mm, actually, I'm not going to let you know what that one is. Um, the History. other one mystery post to post is um, a little Patreon collaboration I post the question to people uh, as a hockey fan would you pay extra for and then they give some pretty good Uh, answers so I'm going to reveal those answers to you and you can agree or disagree and I think you might have some of your own so right on we're going to do that next and uh, you guys will see that in a couple days so uh, if you're not subscribed to our post to post channel I hope you can hit the subscribe button so you can see that upcoming video very soon thank you so much for watching this podcast or listening to it if you're listening on on itunes or google or whatever um podcast app you use uh, we appreciate that hope you're watching lots of hockey and and enjoying it and we will see you next week for podcast number 74 adios